0: Drinking with Authors contains adult themes and subjects, including discussions involving alcohol. We ask if you are drinking along to please drink and listen responsibly. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Literary Briefs. I don't know why I'm so musical today. I just am. I think I've been in the house way too long now. So, today's Literary Briefs, um, rapid fire questions, already lots of alcohol. I'm your host, Erica Lance. With me today is? Vanessa Valiente. Who's actually paying attention this time. And our amazing, amazing guest today is the epic and artistic, I don't even know what word was about to come out of my mouth, but it was going to be amazing, MK Williams. Welcome back. Hi. So for those listening, MK recorded with us previously and then we had a huge technical issue and lost her episodes and she graciously agreed to come back, which I'm thrilled with because she's been an amazing guest. We have to discuss what we're drinking. I, I'm I'm running low, but I'm drinking my coffee with honey jack in it because, you know, like like a like an adult in the morning. Vanessa, what are you drinking?
0: I am still drinking orange mango mimosa, but I also have like a coke. For some caffeine relief and a little H two O, so I got all three right near me.
1: You have three beverages.
0: Yes, I have three beverages. Just a little while
1: ago, you were lying about double fisting it three, okay, whatever. True. Stop <laughs> being sneaky over there. Okay, MK, I know you're drinking bourbon and Coke. Right now.
2: I wish I was drinking bourbon and Coke. I am drinking water because I am with child, oh. but soon, soon. Back the to okay.
1: Okay. Literary brief, Rapid fire questions. What is your favorite book?
2: My favorite book. Oh my gosh. There's too many. Um, my favorite book of all time, The Good Soldier by Ford Maddox Ford.
1: Why is that your favorite book?
2: I think that was where I really fell in love with the idea that you could tell a story through like good imagery and like emotion an emotional imagery and I think that's what really hooked me on the idea of a novel beyond the, the like the who done it and, and the plot points of like okay well the plot point here is just something emotional that you can hearken back to um, and I think that just like is a fixed point in my mind for when I was like oh you can write pretty things in novels okay so yeah
1: very cool what is your least favorite book of all
2: time my least favorite book of all time is The Catcher in the Rye <laughs> This is my synopsis. It's
1: everywhere. His heads are exploding. Yeah. But my synopsis
2: what? is wah, wah, wah. <laughs> no. I, just, I know it's supposed to be this great piece of American literature. And like, I read it once in high school and I don't like it. And then it was assigned again in college. And I was like, maybe. And I was like, nope. Still don't like it. Still don't get it. Nope. Did
1: you, do you feel like, because I don't think they assign books as much anymore in school. Maybe in the collegiate, look at that word I just filled out, collegiate level, they assign some books depending on the class, but I don't think, like, uh, my kids, I can say, are, um, they're in their early 20s right now, and my daughter came home, and she said, um, I'm doing a book report, I'm like, oh, what book? And I was expecting, you know, like, one of the standards, and she's like, oh, no, I get to do it on Twilight, and I'm like, what? I'm sorry, What? And that's what she said. And I guess all she had to do was get a book approved by her English teacher. And this is in high school. Okay. Just so we're all aware. This is a high school level thing. And I was like, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Cause I had a reading list and had to read off the reading book. Catcher in the Rye was on the reading list. Mm-hmm. To Kill a Mockingbird, which is one of my favorite books of all time, was on the reading list. A Scarlet Letter was on the reading mm-hmm. list. All this stuff. And she was like, I'm like What in the actual crap sticks? What do you mean you get to read Twilight? I would have read Ender's Game for high school again if I got to read something. Mm-hmm. So, were you forced to a reading list? MK? Yeah.
2: We had very prescribed reading lists. Um so over the summer there was like here's the recommended list and kind of knowing when you got back you'd have to write an essay on one of them. So I was like, well, let me pick from this list and I'll read that in August so I can write the report. Um I mean I, I love to read so I I was always reading and I I appreciated the list because I was like, oh, well, this might come up on the tests and I was super type A ambitious, and I was like, I want to get A's on all my tests. Um,
1: Did you read so, all the books, or just one? No. More?
2: no, okay. no. I, I would I would read a few books over the course of the summer. Um, I was a nerdy kid. You know, nothing better to do. Sit in the air conditioning, eat a popsicle, and read a book. Um <laughs> so yeah so and then during the course of the school year like during in our literature classes we all have to be reading the same book at the same time um, for different essays but yeah it wasn't until I got to college that there were assignments but then there was a chance that you could like pick a book but it had to relate to a certain theme and that's where I was like oh you can books are being written now that are good not just books that were written by white dudes 50 years ago or 100 years ago like oh what do you know um So that was exciting when I finally got to branch out a bit more. And obviously after college, when I could just read, everything was for fun. Nothing was for a grade. Nothing was like, I have to just remember this line from this paragraph to put in the essay to quote it. Like, I could actually just enjoy reading for reading again. That was nice. No, I agree with
1: you. What about you, Vanessa? Do you have a prescribed reading list?
0: Yeah, for sure. I remember, like, like they would have, like, groups, it grouped up. And you had to pick, like, one from each group. And I remember having to read, like... Of Mice and Men, which I hated, and The Awakening, uh, but I loved reading, like, all the tragedies, like, Hamlet, Macbeth, uh, you know, I, and I loved Twelfth Night, I, I know I'm, like, doing all Shakespeare, but, like, I hated Romeo and Juliet, that was, like, the first one I was forced to read, <laughs> but I loved all the tragedies, and I loved Twelfth Night, because I was like, finally, a comedy, it's not all tragic, no one's all being, like, you know, but yeah, we read that uh, Scarlet Letter, uh, and oh, um, oh Jane Eyre. I love Jane Eyre. I was like, I I remember reading that book, and I'm like, this actually was like, like it was just a crazy plot twist at the end with the la- the wife in the attic, and I was like, oh my god. So, but yeah, definitely for sure.
2: Wow.
1: Okay. So. Um, will you read a book all the way through, or if you are not liking it, okay, will you chuck
2: it? I'll chuck it. Life's too short to read a book you're not liking. Um, and so there are some books where I'm like, okay, I'm going to push through a little bit if it's on my research list. So I kind of make lists of books for myself if I'm researching and I'm like, okay, this is the big one in the genre. I need to read it. Um, but usually if I don't like it after the first few chapters, I'm just like, my TBR is way too long. Life is too short. Um, and then usually I just, I don't give them a review. I just take it off my Goodreads list. and um, I try not to be mean. I'm like, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put them down. So other people loved it. I did not like it. Um, I will be very honest about Catcher in the Rye on Goodreads, but all the other books I will, <laughs> I will, you know, just demur and not say anything. But yeah, if, if I don't like it, no point to finishing it.
1: What about, so let's talk about reviews for a moment. So first, um, obviously you answered whether or not you'll give that kind of book, but do you give reviews in general?
2: Um, I usually end up giving ratings. If I like, if I really like a book where I'm like, I wish I could give the, give this six out of five stars. I will write that. I will be like, this book was amazing. You know, it had me hooked. I read it in a weekend, wish I could give it more stars. Like I will definitely do that. But if it's just kind of like a three or a four, I'm like, eh, just three, four, yeah, move on.
1: And what about your reviews? So you've gotten reviews on your book. Mm-hmm. Your favorite is the two star, not my cup of tea. I yeah. know.
2: Yeah. Super helpful.
1: Previous podcast. What do you think of reviews? Do you like reading reviews?
2: Um, I do. I, I find it exciting when I see a new one comes in. They are so hard-earned. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I think most readers, most everyday readers don't realize is, like, think about the last time, like, just a, a person off the street probably left a review for a book. Like, a, it's probably been a long time for all of them. So every time I just earn a review and it's something, I'm like, I didn't even know who you were. And you bought my book and you read it. Like, it's so exciting. Um I will say I don't get as many negative reviews or when I do, like I do try to look at the ones that are critical. If it's like a three-star and it's like, I like this, this, and this, I just didn't like this. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to go change it now, but that's good to know. Um, or things like that. I do find that most people who take the time to write reviews tend to be a bit nicer. I, I haven't had too many grouchies and maybe that's, I'm, I'm, I'm tempting fate to, to give me grouchies. But,
1: I, I think in yet another category, you're the exception, not the rule. I think, <laughs> You know, I'm not saying necessarily book reviews, but I think in general, reviews online are, book reviews, I think are a little bit different. And I almost wish there was a way to prove the person got to the end of the book to write a review. Like, I Mm -hmm. almost don't think they're valid if there's not a, you know, like on KDP, it would be great that nobody can write a review on a book if they didn't finish the damn Mm -hmm. book, right? But mm-hmm. it's, it's always interesting to me when people re- write reviews when it, it isn't their their situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or there's people can put negative reviews when you read the review. It's not actually a negative review. They just didn't like it wasn't their story yeah. or something. It's not because you were a bad writer or you had bad pacing or something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. you killed their favorite character and they're just pissed off that you killed their favorite character. And then vice versa. I I love positive reviews. And I think when somebody leaves a review, it's great when you go, oh, I love this. But, you know, writing a review is helpful if you go, this is what I loved about this book. Because then if you are an author that reads reviews, and not all authors read reviews, and there's pros and cons to reading reviews, depending on that delicate artist ego we all talk about. Like, can you take reading a review? Even positive, because if you go down that route, you have to from for the negatives is mm-hmm. what did you love about it what did you love about the writing that made you a fan of that particular book mm-hmm. so that maybe that was something that was coincidental and you go i can strengthen that point you know if a number of fans say they all loved how my heroine was very you know um bitchy throughout the whole thing well good i, I obviously have a niche maybe my heroines are going to be bitchy you know mm-hmm. my heroines are going to be bitchy anyway but um <laughs> that particular book So I think it's interesting. Um, Have you ever reached out to another author about something you found in a book?
2: Um, So there was, so when I first started out, I was very big on the Goodreads groups of like forms of authors to try and do like, um, give out the book for reviews and things like that. So I did connect with one author where um, I get to read, I'm I'm on her ARC list. So I get to read advanced copies. So if I notice something, I definitely tell her and I'm like, hey, by the way, like, it seems like you you had something happening on a Tuesday and now you're saying it's a Thursday, like just so you know. Um, so I do try to tell her that before it goes out. Um, if I see something that's like truly like bad, I will say something, but usually, um, if it's like a little thing, I'm like, eh, somebody else has probably already caught it by now. Um, I try not to be the person who's bringing them negative news. Uh, yeah. So I, I, there's only a few, if I know them and I've, and I've had, built a relationship, then I'll say something.
1: No, I think that's really cool. So you you help authors and stuff. Do you have a lot of people asking you to read their books?
2: A little, like every once in a while. Um, and i i try to I try to gauge my time and my interest. So if it's somebody where like the book is out and they're like, "Hey, would you would you read this and blurb this or um, or do a review for it?" I'll be like, "You know, here's my current time." Um, if I think I can get to it in the next few months, as long as you're not like waiting with bated breath for me to get this to you on a deadline. Um, or I've had some people who are like, "Oh, like, uh, here's my manuscript. What do you think?" And I'm like, "Ooh, delete." Like, and then I'll just send them a one-off email. Like, by the way, like, just so you know, never send out a manuscript unsolicited. It's just bad news bears for everybody, for everybody involved. Um, and I try and just give them that guidance and I'm like, you know, what is your book about? (laughs) Don't just send it to me. You don't know if that's even a book I want, I would like to read. Um, you don't even know who I am, you know, like it's just those little things. So I do try to coach people with that. And then if, if I'm interested, then I'll be like, yeah, sure. Send me the first few chapters and then I'll see if I want the rest. But, um, that's, that's very rare. And I haven't had to do that too many times. And we have like, friends
1: I... ask you to read. So I've gotten into that situation where friends have asked me to read. Mm-hmm. And then past that, I'll ask the secondary question that comes with, have you been reading your friends' books?
2: <laughs> so I don't have too many like buddy-buddy friends who are into writing, um, which I should probably branch out and make more author friends. Um, but I don't have too many who've asked for that. I have had people who've asked me to read their book from the point of view of one of my clients who, um, that I published for that they're like, oh, do you think that they would, um, publish this? And I was kind of like, well, yes, I me the first few chapters. Um, I'll get a feel for it, but usually just based on their description, I can kind of say like, this isn't going to be for them. Like it's a very niche, um, market that they're trying to fill. So I haven't been put in that position, uh, where I wouldn't want to read the book, um, too often. So,
1: No, I'll tell you, it's really, it's interesting. And I know Vanessa has gone through this, but it's interesting when you're given a book and a friend, because you have that line between Mm -hmm. friendship and, and I think this is true in anything. It's kind of like when you go to ask your friend for advice, I always go, even when you go with your friends to the mall on clothing, I always warn friends. Like uh, if you're asking me, my first question back to you is like, do you like it? And if they're like, oh, my God, I love it. I'm like, that's great. Like, Because otherwise, if you're asking what I honestly think of it, I'll be like, yeah, you should take that off immediately like, and burn it. I know you don't even own it, but take it off and burn it and never put it in your body again. But um, it's interesting when you're asked because as a friend, you have that friend situation where they want you to love their books, right? Mm -hmm. They want you to do that. And if you pick it up and start reading and it's not for you. Sometimes you can push through that and go, is the writing okay? Is the editing okay? Is the pacing okay? Even though I don't love the book like itself because it's not something I would read. But there are those times you get the books and you're like, oh, this is – and where is the line? Because it's not mm-hmm. like when you're a publisher like you are or something like that and somebody's going, hey, I legitimately want to know what you think. little publisher hat on and you go, here's what I think. Yeah. yeah. It's different because again, fragile egos. Have you, um, as a publisher, have you turned a lot of people away?
2: There's been a few people um, where they just reached out and and I kind of want to write back, like, you are clearly just blind pitching whoever has publisher on their website. You know, like you clearly did not look. So it's um it's a personal finance podcast that they're not publishing books. And one person reached out and she's a dominatrix. She had a memoir coming out about how she did. That. I'm like, that's great. This book has an audience somewhere. Not with a personal finance website. I just wanted to be. Did you? Do you? I know you write, but do you read? Do you? Did you (laughs) stop to think? Like this is this is the audience that you know needs this book. And I was like, no. Like, so I was like, hey, this isn't a fit for our audience or anything that we talk about here. (laughs) Like. there there's some there's some more for you and like that's one of those things where I do think that there's a place for each book but I was like that you didn't you didn't look one bit at our website or who we are you just somehow scraped the internet and we're like publisher publish me um oh so th- those people I'm kind of like hey yeah this isn't going to be a fit for us or um it's almost like and obviously with COVID going on there's a lot of negative things but it's kind of nice cause I'm like oh we're not taking new submissions right now because of COVID so sorry bye
1: yeah. oh wow Wow okay so um what do you like to read
2: I like to read I definitely like something that has um, a scientific element so again I know we talked before about sci-fi or speculative I like something that has like that nerdy element where there's a good twist so I do like some psychological thrillers and there are some psychological thrillers that are just truly psychological thrillers but I kind of like it when my sci-fi gets a little thrillery um I I every once in a while I just like to go on like a romance binge so I don't know what it is if it's COVID or the pregnancy or both but I'm like I just I just want to read some like some just new chick romance and I just don't want to think and I just want to be happy and that's all I want <laughs>
0: I um recently I just was like I was watching something uh, I can't remember I was watching a show and it was just it was Queen of the South which is like you know, all the drug lords. And I was like, this is getting too heavy. I was like, I need a fluffy romance. And I just picked up a romance to read. And I was like, yes, I was just, it was just the right mindset. Sometimes you just got to break up your, your life with some, something fluffy, you know?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Waiting for Tom Hanks. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting along with you. Let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is there any genres you're like, no, this is not my cup of tea. I don't want anything to do with this.
2: Hmm. I don't love so some of the classics I'm starting to like really just stray from because uh, I feel this need I'm like oh I should read all the classics I should read all all of the Austin books and I'm just like you know what. I'll read one of the modern retellings like it's so dense um so it can be too much especially when like now I just want to I'm either reading to research my next book or I'm reading for fun and so unless you fall into one of those two categories I don't want to I don't want to go down there um yeah, those are the main ones that I try to avoid. I think I try to avoid the ones that are like too literary. So, because um, I know I joked that I wrote literary short stories and I thought I would <laughs> touch it. Um, but you know, if Why it's too short stories, I hate them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the ones that I wrote. Um, but you know, if it's like if it's gonna be on the New York Times Review of Books podcast about how it's this great literary masterpiece, I'm like, I'm guessing I'm not gonna like it because I'm probably gonna get halfway through and be like, what's the point? What's happening? Um. So I do find some books that are too highbrow. I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it. Like there's no plot. There's, there's whiny rich people just complaining about their lives. And unless there's a murder mystery to solve, I don't understand why you're complaining. So just, I can't.
1: You know what's interesting is you're talking about that and we were talking the other day about wordiness and people getting too wordy in a book where it slows down the pacing. I think, you know, we talk about grammar, we talk about stuff like that, and I think pacing is a heavily overlooked part of stories. Like that's great, you know, they're at a socialite dinner and they're doing this, but how long are they there? Are you did you put a bunch of crap in that's not needed for the story and like too artistic that you're like let me Mm -hmm. describe every course of food we're eating and how everybody felt about every course of food we're eating and then i'm like skip 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 i find myself actually like skimming and going where does the plot pick back up again
2: yeah yeah. So that's how I kind of feel. So I said, I'm, I'm reading Outlander right now. Cause again, I'm on this, like, I want to read romance. Um, but it's, it's very dense with like these details of like the Scottish Highlands. And I was like, I understand why she, why she put this in here. Cause she did all the research and she wants to show that she knows, you know, this is very historically accurate, but I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, what's happening. What's the plot. Um, so yeah, so I do find that that can be too much. And I sometimes worry that I err on the side of not giving enough, but I think people appreciate that. Like I, I usually end up cutting things. I'm like, this is all just description. This is narrative for the sake of narrative. It doesn't actually do anything like get it, get it out of here. Well,
1: I think readership has changed a lot where people used to, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to just say, I, I, I fucking hate Jane Austen. I her shit is boring as crap to me. I yeah, I've said this before. It's fine. She's not going to be on the show anyway. She's uh, But I, I I fucking hate her shit. And a lot of the stuff like that, like Vanessa's, like I like reading Shakespeare and I read Romeo and Juliet. And I'm like, fucking in a two day period, six fucking people die. Like this is a horrible were story. Like fourteen, right? Like wasn't yeah he, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I wasn't just, like, oh my god, this is great. I'm like, this is a terrible story. Like, this is I have a good ending, but um, I think especially with the advent of Twitter and even Facebook, like it's interesting if you watch yourself on Facebook, people will tell these like really long stories, and you have to click see more to see more than like this little paragraph of what they're talking about, and. If I find myself, even on that, like, does this really seem interesting? No, I'm not that interested. I'm not going to click Seymour. I don't care what it is. Seems cool. Like, you
0: know. Just, it's the attention span. Every yeah. attention spans. Everything is cut to, like, 140 characters or, like, mm-hmm. everyone, we're just over in data with so much information that we only want, okay, I just want to be able to briefly glance at it. What is the gist of what they're saying? And then have a way of pinpointing straight to the part that you only want to read. You know, and mm-hmm. I feel like with writing, it's such a—at least with novels—it's such a delicate balance that I feel like if whatever you, I think people forget that you don't put description just for the sake of description. It has to—it has to weave to the core of what you're trying to say, the story. Mm-hmm. Everything has—everything has to be put into into intention. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't serve the story then you glaze over that description. We don't need to know how he went from this hallway to the uh, this hallway. Just say he went from here and he walked straight over here and that's it. We don't need yes. to know that there was a painting here and then there was this mm-hmm. fixture over here. Like, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah.
2: So, Unless that painting is the clue that like that's what, you know, exactly. like it has to. That's one thing I tell my clients is like every word has to pay rent in your book, every single word. And if it's not paying rent, get it out.
0: Exactly. like yeah. Especially like a barn, right? If you say, oh, there's a barn in the scene, everyone knows what a barn looks like. But unless that barn has something so specifically unique to it, then it's okay to kind of say, hey, it has, you know, five levels and I don't know, just something unique about it. Yeah. You know, but yeah. if not, then you as a reader, the reader can paint the picture of what a barn looks like.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. No,
1: totally. Through. Okay, let's talk audiobooks for a second. Are any of your books on audiobook?
2: Yes. So all of them, except for architects, are on audiobook. Okay. Some of them have been waiting for ACX to approve them for a very long time. Oh, but find a any, way to approve um, them right away.
0: Me <laughs> and Flyer with Erica. ACX,
1: you're, uh, you, you've hit another <laughs> mm, blackout outrage. I think ACX's customer service and policies and stuff and how they approach things are horrible. I also think it sucks that you have to pay their narrators before they approve the book. So if they take six months, maybe that just happened to us, to approve a book, trying to go back and find that narrator and get them to fix it. And then they're like, well, you can cancel the contract. Really, I paid them six months ago. Like, how how do, how do, how do I fix that?
2: Yeah, that's frustrating. So I've had, I think I've had some luck where I've had people come to me to want to narrate my books, which was awesome. Um, so my first book that became an audiobook was the games you cannot win. That was the literary collection of stories. And so I live in Florida and one of my friends had been her whole career. She had worked at the theme parks. She worked outside. She sent, she sang, she danced, like she was professionally trained. And she's like, I'm getting too old for this. Like she's like, I can't be outside in the middle of the day. And obviously thank goodness now that she's found another career because the theme parks have been closed. So she was like, can I be Can I use your book as a guinea pig and I'll narrate it for free for you, but in exchange for this experience, and then I can put it on my resume. And I was like, yes, you can narrate my audiobook for free for me with your professional vocal training. And yeah, that works for me. I will tell everybody you did a great job, no matter what you do, because you're doing it for free. Um... So my first book, she did that. So I didn't have to worry about some of the ACX requirements. I did mistakenly put it in as an exclusive deal. So I am locked into that for another few years before I can take that one wide with Find A Way. Um, But she did a great job. And then the second book I did, audiobook, was Enemies of Peace. And this was um, my podcaster friend. His wife is from Zimbabwe. And she, too, was like, I want to have a side hustle of narrating audiobooks. Can I narrate your audiobook for you? And I was like, yes. Yes, you may do that. Um, And so we did the royalty split. So I didn't have to pay her up front. And then the other ones I've self-narrated because I was like, I want to try this. I have an okay voice. Um, So yeah, so I haven't done that part. But I think for architects, I may actually have to hire somebody because it's from a male point of view. And I think it'd be confusing if I was narrating it. So we'll see how that one goes.
1: Well, um, I have some really good male narrators now that I can have you reach out to and listen to just, I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up and maybe you can hook me up with your female narrators. Because yeah, that is, a, you know, I think it's an interesting model and I don't like the dominance because you can't like, you can't reach out and have them do anything or fix anything or like. I had, you know, I've, I've had mainly good experiences, but I've had some bad ones. Like right now there's a gentleman that I can't reach who needs to, luckily I think it's just fixed the opening and closing credits. And I think I can just go in mm-hmm. and worst case scenario me or, you know, make my boyfriend, hey, say these words, record this. Because mm-hmm. this is what we're doing and we're putting it up. But it's interesting because now trying to reach him, I'm like, I hope he didn't pass away from COVID or something
2: because he's Yeah, MIA. or that he still has the files, like his yeah. working files, like, yeah, that's I and I I'm on one of the Facebook groups that they have for like ACX and indie narrators, just because like I have audiobooks out and I was planning to self-narrate and even the narrators are frustrated with ACX. So it's kind of like all around, it's not ideal. Um and I'm sure and find a way has just been a breeze to work with, but I've only worked with them for the books that I've self-narrated. So I haven't had that, you know, experience with what they do, but they seem much easier and they get back to you relatively quickly. And yeah. That's awesome. I mean, anything that goes into the Amazon monolith, just good
1: luck. Yeah, it's funny because we actually have a series from one of our authors that's out there. And the second and third books they've and keep in mind, obviously, these were recorded in sequence. They have now published the third book, then they published the second book, and the first one still hasn't been published. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, it even says this is, anyway, whatever, I'm not going to get, I I could flip tables and throw things at ACX, and I'm like, you guys are going to have somebody take over for you, because Mm -hmm. it's it's not, it doesn't matter how big you are, everybody will move if there's a way to move, and you make it simpler.
2: Yeah, and I've had, so my two books, the self-publishing for the first-time author and book marketing for the first-time author, this is the first time I was like, I'm going to have all the versions out when the book releases and so i recorded the audiobooks find a way that was out on time acx so i submitted these in early march they're still they still haven't even been reviewed
1: and i'm just like what i oh i know trust me this is this is our situation we have stuff from january that still hasn't been reviewed but they have reviewed stuff that we submitted in april and may so it's really good they're going in sequence really smart of them yeah yeah acx um Anyway, okay, cool. Well, we're coming to the end of literary briefs, my friend. Um, let's tell people how to find you. How do people find you? Not your home address or anything, but.
2: Yeah. I'm every at M.K. Williams. So that's my it is one but are at one. Uh, there is another author that goes by M.K. Williams, but he's a, you're going to know because i look like a girl that's how you can tell but yeah that's where i'm on you can find me everywhere on youtube um and that i think i've said before you could just go top search bar on youtube okay William, self-publishing i'll pop up um yeah so i'm everywhere online with my name
1: yes and you are wonderful thank you thank you thank Thank you you so much for coming back to our podcast i love this is so fun here Mm-hmm. And I, I would love to have you. So we're going to stay in touch. Anyway, I'm sending you an email right after this about some of the stuff. I've been making notes to the side that we've been talking about, but we will definitely have to stay in touch. And when book two from the infinite infinite comes out, we're going to have to have you come back on the podcast and we'll save the recordings to the cloud. So this can't happen again, but yeah,
2: <laughs> yay, this is so fun. I, I could talk books all day. So this is, Oh
1: good. my goodness. No, you're, Amazing, thoroughly amazing. So thank you again. Um, This has been Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs. I've been your host, Erica Lance.
0: And Vanessa Vallante. And MK Williams, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye!